Welcome to track number one of the Volante. It's good to see all of you who are here. Amen. Tonight, I want us to begin sharing about what I'm calling the lay missionary. We have always spoken about being missionaries, but now we want to emphasize on being lay missionaries. Amen. A lay missionary is a missionary, but he is lay. That means that he is a lay person. When, when we speak of a lay person, we mean somebody who is not paid to do what he's doing. And somebody who does that work as, not as his normal nine to five job. Alright? Now, even though in our church we have taken up the lay lay people or the lay ministry as a very important thing. God has shown me that we have yet a level to take the lay ministry to, which we haven't yet taken it to. Because, you know, as usual, we are always having a level of deception in any area or field that we, 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 anything we do, there's always an amount of deception. Like as I'm standing here, there's an amount of deception in me. And I'm praying for it every day to go away. Amen. And you too have an amount of deception. We call it CSDs. Current state delusions. The delusions of your current state. Do you understand? For instance, when you are unmarried and young, you have a certain mind about your future and your marriage and how you plan things will be and how you will live happily ever after. Is it true or is not true? So at that state or at that stage, we have what we call your CSDs or your current state delusions. The delusions of that current state. So in my current state, as a bishop of the church, there are some delusions in me. Do you see? And in my current state as a human being, there are some delusions. There must be. You know, I would like to say that there is none, but I, I'm sure that is why we are still learning to drive out some of the things which we are deluded about. Yeah, it's better to accept that you are nothing than for somebody to come and tell you that look, apparently you are nothing. Is it not true? And at the level of what we are and what we have become as a church, where we have become, we have a lot of lay pastors who have achieved, we have achieved a lot up to a point. There is some amount of delusion in what we are doing. 
you know and so there is more for us that there's more that we can learn and more than we can do you see in every area and every field of ministry you always have more that you can do and become when you travel and you see what God is doing at other places you often get a good solid blow to your CSDs do you understand that is why I encourage us to travel because the more you don't travel the more deluded you can be when you stay in one little location you know that is why we go to Korea because when you go to Korea we have a dinner at least with the board those of us who are on the board and they always ask everybody to come and say what's happening where you are and all that when the person speaks and he says we now have 100,000 members on Sunday. You know, and then you look at yourself. Your CSDs immediately go away. Of thinking you are something. Or you are somewhere. You get it. And you realize how you are nothing. One of the CSDs that my current CSDs, uh, sometimes we call it CCSDs, Common Current State Delusions. <laughs> you know, is that we are even older, because sometimes we feel older. But at the board, when I was at the board meeting, Dr. Cho is 75 years old. He was telling us to invite him. Because he's starting to, he's starting to start his traveling ministry again. <laughs> so he told us at the board meeting that we should invite him. We should send invitations. Do you see? And you see somebody 75. And many of the people that are on the board and the pastors and so on are deep into their 60s or 70s. So you realize that you, you are 45 years old, you want to have precocious superannuation. <laughs> huh? Superannuation is catching up with people who are feeling tired, psychologically weary. But you don't have to be weary. You see, one of the reasons why some of our lay pastors, I'm talking about the lay missionary, is the missionary who is a lay person. Because we are going to take the lay ministry further. Amen. Further. Now, one of the uh, reasons why some of our lay pastors look old and tired is because of the same problem that Hitler had 
during Operation Barbarossa. Do you get it? Operation Barbarossa was the code name for Hitler's invasion of Russia. Usually when they are doing a military campaign, they give it a name. There are so many operations they have. Operation this, Operation that. Operation what? Desert Storm. That was uh, President Bush. Can all those who are chewing gum just... Are you, is this for sleep? Is it because of sleep? If you wouldn't mind, just... I will close just now. So all the chewing gum. Chew gummers. Or chewing gum association. Please resign for a few minutes. Or swallow it. Operation swallow it. All right. You see, I can see you when you are chewing gum. And when, when somebody is chewing gum, the person looks nonchalant. Let's check nonchalant. What does it mean? <laughs> somebody check your dictionary. I don't know if it's the right word. Yeah, nonchalance. Yeah. The state or quality of being nonchalant, cool, indifference or lack of concern, casualness. Yes, unexcited. Yeah. Aloof. It's not a good posture to minister to me. Every time I minister to you with my zeal, then you minister on you. No, I don't like that. I come with my energy. I don't think it's the right nonchalance. Tell your neighbor operation, kill nonchalance. That's the operation that we are launching. Okay. Operation Barbarossa. Hitler invaded Russia. In 1939, at quarter to 5 a.m. on the 1st of September, he invaded Poland, 1939. That started the First World War. By June of 1940, he took France, and most of Europe was gone. And then, in 1941, he started Operation Barbarossa, even though he had signed it agreement with Stalin that he would never do that. And that mission failed because of a reason. And that reason is a reason, it's of interest to us because it is in, it gives you the principle of how to lose a war. I was reading a book called How to Lose a War. Yeah, How to Lose a War. And in How to Lose a War, they show different battles which have been lost. And this is how they lost it. And one of them is this Operation Barbarossa, in which you see that Hitler invaded Russia around June. And they, they said that by November, they would have finished with Russia. Because everywhere had been so fast. They were using what they call 
Operation Blitzkrieg. Lightning strike. So everything was very fast. You know, so with the Blitzkrieg, they were able to go and take everywhere. But they thought they were going to do that with Russia as well. But it was not so. So when they were going, they took winter jackets, winter jackets for only one-fifth of the army. Please sit down. Just, just take your seats. Come in. Come right in. The quicker you go, you are disrupting the meeting. So, All right. Hallelujah. Are you there? Okay. So, by planning to be at a war for only four months maximum, right, they were destroyed. Can you give me some volume, please? Amen. So, when you start out in the ministry or in the mission, by the way, this is a camp of lay missionary, in case you came for another camp. You don't know what you're talking about. Just in case. It's about missionary work. Alright? So if it's, if it's too intense for you, you may need to leave early. Or leave. Amen. So, I'm explaining, by planning to fight for four months, only at the maximum. He took he did not he did not even envisage they would be out there for that long. And so they did not prepare. And they took winter jackets for only one they froze most of the Germans froze to death. And the temperature dropped about forty degrees Celsius in within one or two days. Yeah. On one of in December, I think the fourth or fifth December just went down like that. And they just, they just froze. They just couldn't come out of it. So, you see, one of the reasons why we even introduced the concept of supernovation was because some people who are lay pastors, right, look so tired and it almost looks as though the pastoral work is something that is worrying them and that they are even being disturbed by having to do this work. As if somebody is worrying them. So we said, okay, we shall introduce the concept of retirement. You know, by the age of 50 or 40 something. You know, but you see, that need not be the case. We, we, we can decide that we, we have to be conscious of the fact that we are trying to do something for a long time. If I want to run for five miles, I will run differently from if I'm running 100 meters. If you're planning to be loyal, for a long time, you will think differently from if you are planning to just be loyal for five years. Amen. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's very, very important that you tune your mind for a long fight and to, to do this work for a long time. Amen. Anyway, I don't know how we got into that, but it's a good point to make. But, we are talking about Taking the uh, ministry further and overcoming our current state delusions. And one of these current state delusions is 
the delusion that we have arrived in whatever we are doing. We have not arrived. We are now going to press on into being missionaries. And the missionaries are not going to be created from outer space. They are going to be, it's from you who are here, who are going to be missionaries. And it's going to introduce a lot of happiness into your life and joy which you do not have at your current state. Amen. Because missionary work is exciting. Amen. What does it mean to be a missionary? Three things. Number one, it means to be a missionary. Number two, it means to be on a mission. And number three, it means to be a missile. Okay? And I'm reading from 1 Samuel chapter 17, chapter 15, verse 17. It says, And Samuel said, Is it not true that though you were little in your own eyes, you were made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed you a king over Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission? Amen. The Lord sent you on a mission. Hallelujah. Are you there? Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, I did obey the Lord, and I went on the mission which the Lord sent me. And I have brought back Agag, the king of Amalek, and I have destroyed the Amalekites. Amen. So, the word mission, alright, is... Uh, very, very important. Amen. So what does it mean to be uh, on a mission? Number one, I'm giving you 20 things that it means to be on a mission. Number one is it means to be on an assignment. Amen. Are you ready to be on an assignment? Number two, It means to have a task or a job. Amen. Now this is one of Obama's, President Obama's headaches. To create jobs. Amen. Now one of the the ways to create jobs in ministry is to go on a mission. And when people are unemployed... You have a whole lot of evils that rise up in the society. For instance, I don't know about here, but in South Africa, when apartheid was over, you know, you, if you were a black person, I mean, you could not go to school during the apartheid. You could not go to certain schools. They assumed that your mind was not working well enough to go to a certain kind of school. So you just were not allowed. So if you see a black person of a certain age for like about 50, usually from about 50, 40 upwards, they are not very educated. If you see colored people, colored are like half caste, they are all welders, uh, carpenters, artisans. The black people were like laborers and 
security guards or mine, I mean miners, they just do really menial jobs. Then the next was the Indians and then Khaleds and then white. There are four groups. And you go to school according to your group. You cannot, you don't just go to any school. So the highest group was the white, second was colored, third was Indian, and fourth was black. You get it? Yeah. So as soon as apartheid was over in 1994, I believe it was, there was a whole lot of black people without having been to school. Alright? The only thing they could do was be maids, be this, be that, be security guards. If you go to South Africa now, you see, when you go to a hotel or any restaurant, the black people will serve you. They are the waiters. They are the security guards. This is all they could do. And if you ever relate with older ones, you find out that they were deprived of school. Okay? So what happened was that they, they, it created a lot of people without school. So they have a lot of armed robbery, murders, crimes, etc. Alright? And in other countries where they, there's no job, there's no work, for black people or for people, they have all kinds of evils. Alright? Robbers multiply. Robbery becomes a job. It becomes a job. You learn how to break into windows. You learn how to break through doors. You, you, know the, you learn the time that people are sleeping. You know the time they are in the deepest hurry and sleep. And the way to do it, how to go through, what the equipment you need for each of these. You get it? So, um, what I'm saying is that the uh, uh, absence of jobs creates a lot of evils. Now, when we don't have work to do in the church, we have a lot of evils also that come to the church. Do you get it? Yeah. We start to criticize the pastor, criticize the church, you know, criticize what is being done. You start to criticize the message that is being preached. Do you understand? And you start to find faults about many things that you have no business finding faults about. That is why older people are more humble. You know, well, I, I just came from Korea. We meet with the old people and so on. The older generation of pastors. Everybody is cooler. Everybody is cool. When somebody is even doing something, they just look, they just look at you. <laughs> because if you've lived long enough, you will know that what you do, something else will correct you. It's true. And you would have lived long enough to see things complete their cycles. If you, if you have, if you look in the body, you will see there are many cycles, especially in the biochemistry world. Krebs cycle. What are the cycles we have in biochem, biochemistry? Please. Oh, somebody should remember some of the... Where's Dr. No? She has a degree in... Where, where is he? He'll be, he'll be back. But he has a degree in back. Well, as soon as he can remember, remind us to, to ask him. 
We were all in medical school together and then he felt that he knew so much that he decided to go and do biochemistry on the side. So when he comes back, we will ask him for the cycles. <laughs> but you see, it goes like this and comes. goes like this and comes. All through the body. Even the weather cycles, you know, menstrual cycles, all the cycles. It goes and comes, goes and comes. When you are older, you've seen completed cycles. But when you are younger, you only see up to a point. <laughs> And you see, with the cycle, sometimes look at it's going up. It's about to go here and start coming down. You come back to a low place. So when you see older people, it's very calm. That's why when Jesus rose from the dead, He didn't come back when He rose from the dead. He came to the disciples. He could have come to Pontius Pilate. You see, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> He could have come to the Pharisee, you see, you, you kill me, you will, see, you will see something. You will see something. Yeah, I tell you. When he rose from the dead, he could have come to the soldiers who beat him. He said, that me, you were slapping me. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. Hold me and see that it, it is real. They didn't do anything. He just left them. Yeah. Because when you are older, you, you will know that a wicked person and evil, it has a cycle which has been played into. It will by all means go like this and to come. So you, you end up, you see, an other person looks as if he's phlegmatic. Doesn't mind people. Yeah. But you have seen so many cycles. So this thing, it becomes like this. It goes like this. It goes like that. It will become this. Mercy. So, brothers and sisters, uh, missionary work creates employment. Now, you see, one of the things that's going to keep us doing something good is to create jobs. Now, creating jobs does not just make money for people, but it also wipes away crime. You know, when we were in Korea, they thought there's nothing like crime here. There's no crime there. Yeah! I was amazed. There's no crime. Yeah, there's no crime. There's zero crime. Think about that. Zero crime. I mean, when we sit and we listen to Dr. Yonggi Cho preaching, there are so many negative things you could think about which have never occurred to me. I'm preaching that I'm trying to think of some negative thing. Maybe his English, his pronunciation, the grammatical mistakes. Rather, it sounds the opposite to us. Because somebody who is 75 years old can say Monday morning or Saturday morning or Friday when everybody is at work. Come to, he chooses the stadium. They have two. The Olympic Stadium or the World Cup Stadium. The stadium where they play the World Cup or the stadium that they did the Olympic Games. He chooses. This year, so we are going to World Cup Stadium. Next time, so we are going to Olympic Stadium. Different styles of world-class stadiums. And this time, Saturday, we went. Full up. Seven old man. Just called and members who come. <laughs> 
we are we are just we, we just look at you you rather you have to rather be thinking of yourself. You see, so when, when people are working, they don't think about bad things. See, and that is why we need to continue to go out to start churches. And we need to spread out in America. You know, as lay people, we need to go out and do the work of the Lord. Otherwise, you'll be surprised at the evils that will come into our church. We are trying to have a, a crusade in uh, Mali. And we are having one in Niger. But we are also going to Mali. Now, Bonke has tried to run out. Bonke has tried to go there twice. No. They did not accept him. And the kind of quarreling between the churches the few churches that are there. It's a country that is 99% Islamic. You would have thought that they would welcome evangelists and people to have crusades. But the, the, the time that Bonki was trying to come, they were stopped by the church. Yeah, the church, one group of the church just wrote a letter to the president, to the government, and that was the end of the crusade. Yeah. So, you, you just realize that when we are not thinking correctly about the work we have to do, that is when you start to look at me to find the faults with me. Or you start to look at the church and the system that we have in the church, that you start to, start to find faults with what we are doing. If you were working hard, you would rather be filled with admiration. Of what we have been able to do and what we are doing. You'd rather be filled with admiration. Yeah. You'd not be sitting there wondering and, and questioning. It's true. Are you listening to me? So I am telling you, missionary, yeah, Dr. Nosh is here. Look, tell us seven cycles you can find biochemical. We believe that you are a biochemist. You, did you not do biochemistry? Please come. Do, do, you have a, do you have a degree in biochemistry? Do you have a degree in biochemistry? Yes, I do, Bishop. Okay. No further questions. Do you have seven cycles you can give us? The Krebs cycle. Very good. The, um... Hey, Charlie. <laughs> uh, the oxidative cycle. The what cycle? Oxidative cycle. Oxidative cycle. The um, the the urea cycle. Okay. They have the maple syrup disease, the arginine cycle. The what cycle? Maple syrup disease, arginine. Arginine yeah. cycle. Yeah. Then you have the other inborn errors from inborn inborn errors of metabolism, galactosemia. <laughs> no, you are mentioning diseases. I'm talking about. Normal cycles within the body. Normal cycles biochemically within the body. No, it's not biochemical. No, biochemical. Um, normal cycles in the body. Um, I talk about the crab, right? Cycle. I even said that one before you came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many have I given? Two. You've given one. 
Okay, clap for him. He has to. You see, we are all doing medicine together. You've decided to go and add biochemistry. And then you can only remember two cycles. So to be on a mission means to have a job. As soon as we start doing missionary work, we're going to have jobs. Everybody's going to be busy. Busy planting. Busy starting. Busy building. Yeah. And not time to start looking at what, what are you doing. You are this. Why is it this? We are quarreling. Quarreling about what? All sorts of discussions which are useless, frivolous, and a waste of everybody's time. Amen. Amen. So, I want to, I want, so by going out on the mission field and becoming missionaries, we are creating powerful jobs. Number four, to be on a mission means to be part of a delegation. Amen. Now, to be part of a delegation is, is, it is it's, it's important because to be part of, the dele- of a delegation means to be part of a group of people. Anytime, every day of your life, you always form part of a group. Amen. Which group do you want to be part of? Amen. Which group do you want to be part of? You must decide. You must decide to be part of a good group. Okay, I used to be part of the group of doctors. I'm still a doctor, but my colleagues were doctors. But now my colleagues are pastors, ministers. So I've joined another group. Do you get it? Now you can be in the group of oh, we are church members. You can also be part of a group of pastors. But you can also be part of a group of lay missionaries. Now, we we have good examples of lay missionaries. A lay missionary is somebody who has been sent. You see, not that you went. It's different. It's somebody who has been sent. And goes somewhere with a mind of setting up a mission. Now, in America, we have some good examples of lay missionaries. And their going has created a lot of life where they are. It's a little different from people whose jobs have taken them to certain places. You see, because the reason for going somewhere changes what you are doing. For instance, you know, in you can go to war and you can kill a hundred people and you go scot-free. But you just kill one person and you go to prison for the rest of your life at home in a civilian situation. And so, the reason for it, do you get it? You understand? Changes the whole thing. You get it? Just like the timing of something can change. Like sex before marriage, after marriage, it changes all sex. That it's changing. You get it? Just by the timing of what you are doing. So, I'm just saying that it's very, very important for you to realize that when somebody goes somewhere, 
Because they say, go. Go there. It's a powerful thing. And many of us are going to go. I think Samson is a good example of that. I think he went to Connecticut right there. Went to start a church there. Yeah. And I think Francis is also another example. He was also happily, living happily ever after in Long Island or something. And then he went there. You know. So, uh, yeah. And, and not, 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 I'm talking about a lay missionary. And all the missionaries of who brought the gospel to Ghana and who brought the gospel to most of the African world and even to Asia were lay missionaries. <laughs> Do you think they had banks? There was no bank to transfer money. There was no bank to send money. There was no email, no phone, no fax, no road, no planes, no anything. They went and then they knew that when they get, they had to live. And they became farmers and other things and teachers and started schools. And today there are people who have been to schools which were started by these missionaries. That is why there are so many schools. Because that's one of the things that a missionary could do. They were supporting themselves. You see, and that's what I'm saying that we think we have done something with lay work. But actually, we are suffering from CSDs as a church. Do you understand? Current state deceptions and delusions of what we are and where we are. That what we have is what can be done. But there are more and higher and greater things that we can do in this church. And that's why we are having the camp. We are having the camp because I feel in my heart that we can become, we can do greater and better of this same thing. You see, in a sense, we must never change. And in a sense, we must change all the time. There's a sense in which we must never change what we are doing. And there's a sense in which we change what we are doing within the same thing. You understand? Like Brother Kisiedu once prayed for me. He said, give us new ways to do old things. <laughs> he, he prayed for me over the phone. He said, give us new ways of doing the old things. And I thought it was a powerful prayer. I always remember that prayer. Give us a new way of doing the old thing. So we are going to be doing the same old things, but God is going to give us a new way and new ideas within the same old things. So, in a sense, we are never going to change what we are doing. Because we are always building churches, planting churches, and growing churches. But there are always going to be new ways to do the old things that God is going to show us. Amen. Amen. Number four, or number five. How many want to be part of that delegation? The, the new delegation. Amen. You can be the delegation of bad girls. Bad boys. Amen. But you can be the delegation of ministers. Number five, to be a mission, uh, to be on a mission. Is it number five? Or number four? Whichever, you can choose your own numbers. You know, in the computer, we have ABC, one, two, three, I, I, I. Choose your own numbering system. It means to be under a charge. Number six, it means to carry out an undertaking. Number seven, it means to carry out a duty. Amen. It's our duty. Number eight. It's to carry out an operation. Amen. Alright. Now, it's our duty. It's our duty 
as Christians to spread the word of God. It's a duty. It's not something we can step back from. Amen. It's not something that we are supposed to do because we are excited. Or we are emotionally experiencing an emotional high. This is again one of the reasons why some of our lay pastors look so old and tired. It's because we don't realize that the work we are doing is a duty. It's not something that we do because I'm excited today. So there are many people who became lay pastors in the excitement of the day. So yeah, yeah. Are you called? Oh, I'm also called. Oh, yeah. I want to, I want to do, I also want to be a pastor. Oh, we are all becoming pastors. So I'm becoming, hey, who would have thought that I would have ever been a pastor? Yay, Charlie, by the grace of God, today I'm a pastor. So in a, in a, in a, in a moment of emotional excitement, they sort of enter into what they think is the pastoral work. But pastoral work and church work is a duty. It's work. That's why the Bible says that the, the laborers are few. For this work involves hard labor. It's hard work. And, and if, you don't, if, you, if you are not prepared to work hard, you can't be a good pastor. Because what I'm preaching, I've preached it before. Everything I'm going to say I've said it before. I mean, I've shared it with a small group, with a large group. If I want to think about it in that way, it's boring to me. But I have to do my duty. If I think about it in that way, because I have to to pray from now till Thursday. I'll be preaching, going through what I know already. It's written up. Everything is there already. It's not anything new to me. And I have to preach it again and again. And I've had camps throughout the year. Different camps. I had a camp, a recent camp was with the Francophone churches. Yeah. It's the same thing. I'm talking about, it's my work. It's not the way I, when I was excited. Like, yeah, I'm going to New York. <laughs> Dr. Nosh welcomed me to New York how many years ago? 17 years ago. In his uh, two door, he had a two car with two doors. <laughs> he came to pick me at the airport with that car. It was emotionally exciting for me. I was really excited to be in America. I've never been here before. I remember always seeing the Verrazano Bridge for the first time. I said, what is this? And all the lights and the different things. So it was exciting. I come to America, start a church, we have a camp here. It's exciting. The first time I came to Sandico, it's exciting. It's nice. It's what But I know Sandico now. I know the water. I know the water is just here. I know what... I don't even feel like taking pictures. You understand? I'm not having any emotional excitement about being here. It's my duty. It's my duty. I have to do my work. Yeah. I have to do my work. There's, there's no nice food in America that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. You see, in Ghana now we have Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure we are going to have McDonald's soon. There is nothing here that we don't have in Ghana. Huh? Pizza. We have. What, what, what is your name, please? What's your name? <laughs> Somebody should identify this girl. <laughs> please, do you know her? Do you know her? 
whether we have pizza in Ghana. Um, you must be pondered. Where are the where are the, where are the soldiers soldiers in the camp? Bring some water. Oh, bring me water. No, no, I need a bottle. Where is that? Where are the policemen? Give her some few drops. Okay. Nice time. I mean, hello? Hello? Look. Who is controlling this? Hello? Be very careful. Be careful there. Hey! So we have a pizza in America. You are joking. Somebody is taking my sound away. Hello? All right. So, it's a duty. And you carry on with energy and with life because you don't know who is going to hear it for the first time. It's true. Recently, I did a calculation. I did a calculation. And that calculation frightened me. In that calculation, I calculated how old I was when I met Kenneth Hagin. How old was I? I was about, I think about 18 years old. And I met Kenneth Hagin in 1980. Something like that, 1980. So I calculated how old was um, he. Because he died in 1983, uh, 2003. And he was, he was 86 years old. So I calculated backwards to 1980. And I calculated that he was 63 years old. So I realized that if I was grateful to Papa Hagen that he had continued to do his duty to teach us faith, whatever I did by the time I had I come into contact with him, he's 63, he has stopped all those things. He said, oh, now, yes, he's tired and he's into motivational speeches and other things. Then when I met him and when I came in contact with him, I'm not here, all these things. Because he's tired of, of doing it. And so myself, somebody like Bishop Oyede Pope, the Witness Chapel, Pastor Chris of Christ Embassy, Dr. Otabel, I think, in Ghana, and so many people they generate. We never, if this man had said that, I'm tired. I should have superannuated at the age of whatever. But he's rather persistent, not knowing that it's now that you are even going to bear a certain kind of fruit. And we are all here because Papa Egan was faithful in his ministry. That's why I want, to, I want to say to us that, look, if you think you are tired of this work, you have retired too early. For, you, have, you have started thinking wrongly too early. Start playing golf. When you play golf, you will be younger. Yeah, you will add at least 10 years to your life. Yeah. Start walking. 
Amen. Are you listening? So, brothers and sisters, your duty is a duty. To be given a duty is to be a missionary. So, go here. Pastor George, is it not powerful? Have you not also moved? Did you not also move from somewhere to somewhere? You moved to Orlando, isn't it? From where? Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, 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 we got to keep moving. And young ones also must move. I'm not interested in the, I'm interested in the young people. There was some commandos group, isn't it? Are they, are they here? Where are they? Commandos should stand up. Those who are part of the commandos. They've grown up. And all the guys are not here. Are the guys here? Where are the guys? I remember them. Jumping around. Were they jumping around in the emotional excitement of the day? Huh? You see, that's the difference. Oh. You can say, I'm so excited. I've come to America. You know? I'm here not out of emotional excitement. Because honestly, there's nothing in America that excites me. Every time I land, I start driving. On, I, I, the place is not attractive to me. It's just not attractive to me. America is simply not attractive to me. There's nothing here that attracts me. I'm here for work. Yeah. That's why I, I don't spend even this. I don't have even one hour even for shopping or anything. I just I AM. Then the, I, I was got the nearest flight to to leave. Immediately, I go. From the airport to the camp out. I don't have any, what I came to do is what I came to do. Yeah. I'm explaining to you so that you also have the attitude in this work you are doing. It's not about excitement or some thrill or some prestige or something that you are promoted. It's not a promotion. It's work you have been given to do. So just tune yourself to be an elderly man who works for God. If God gives us the grace and we are here next year, I want to invite all lay people who must all come to Korea. Come and see elderly people, lay people. They have taken the lay ministry to another level. That I tell you, this time when I went, that's what I learned. Yeah. You see lay people with fish, with any office. They have even offices. Pastor Collins, didn't you see the... Uh, he's just from, he came to Korea with me. What did you see? We saw old, old men. I mean, yeah, 60s. Yeah. One, one, one man said he was um, he's in a special... Um, he designed special trains. Special fast, fast-moving trains. 60s. They all have their offices, paperwork, computers, all over the place. Church, I mean, church was over. It was about 5.36 o'clock. They were still in the offices working and all of that. See, old men, old, old, gray hair, white, old suit men. And then we, men. we asked them whether they are paid. Yes, and they said no. And rather, what did one of them say? To be an, el- to be an elder. You have to pay an amount of money. Yeah. Regular to be, a, to be on that board. Yeah. yeah. To be Commitment fee, that's right. You pay. Yeah. One, 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 one group, they have to pay $10,000 to be right. in the group. Yeah. $10,000 a year to be a member of that group. They rather bring money to the church. That's right. Yeah. 
Hmm. You see, that's why I say your current state delusion. Some of you are thinking that you are supporting it. Then you go, you see that ah, the thing has been taken to another level altogether. <laughs> yeah. I will come and ask for healing Jesus to support healing Jesus. Not knowing that there are places that in the church to be in this group of elders, you contribute. <laughs> Is it not fantastic? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm introducing this camp as a camp for lay missionaries. We can fill America with churches and our churches can grow. The ones that are in existence can grow. We shouldn't have any church with less than 100 people sitting there on Sunday morning. Nobody should have less than 100. Yeah. 20 and 30, 20 and 30, 40 and 45. No more. Nothing less than 100 people must be there in the church. Amen. And the, the way of being a pastor because you are having a thrill or you are having a form of excitement, you cannot. It's like committing love when you are married. You cannot depend on thrills. You have to get to the job and do your work. <laughs> yeah, because the, the moment of thrills and excitement may be gone. It's past. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. What a shock. And if the brothers are not going to sit up and work hard, sisters are going to take over the church. Yeah. And, and the sisters remind me to show you eh, why in a new way you are going to lead. Yeah. Amen. Sit down. Number eight. To carry out an operation. Number nine. To be on a mission is to have a vocation. Amen. Number ten. To be on a mission is to have a purpose. Alright. A purpose. Purpose. Ah. That's what gives meaning to life. You know, when you have a purpose, you live. You continue to live. Continue to have energy. But when your purpose is finished, when we went to Korea this year, Dr. Cho was telling us, he said, look, last year, he made his plans, everything to leave this world. Yeah. He said he was down. He was sick. And he knew that this is the end of his life. So he said, I made every plan. He was talking to me at the dining table. And made every plan to leave this world. That when he was preaching, he explained. He said, all these years, he has been waking up at 3 a.m. Praying. Doing this. Moving around. Doing the work. Then you see, he, he was supposed to retire. By their laws or whatever. So it's like, and people died. And about 50% of people die within the first two years of retirement. You see, what happens is that within those two years, your purpose is taken away from you. 
the purpose for which you came, the purpose for which you are living, it goes out, it's taken away from you. Then people just die. Because your purpose keeps you moving. So when you are sent on a mission, you, you suddenly have a new purpose. And, and that's why I want to encourage all of us. You see, this work we are doing, this Christian work, it's not about just coming to receive. No, 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 no. In our church, we are not receiving. We are working. We are doing something. We didn't come here to receive things. Amen. But that is how. Because that is the, that is the anointing we have here. By working, all your needs will be supplied. Yes. You see, God has supplied all my needs. As I come here, I know I've traveled before in, um, since I, years ago. When I travel, I'll be hoping and praying, Oh God, oh God, let somebody remember me and bless me with 50 pounds or 20 pounds or 100 dollars. Now it doesn't even occur to me. When I see the people, they, they look, No, I'm telling you, it doesn't even occur to me. Nothing. It doesn't occur to me. By working, God has wiped away even the, the need to even think in a certain way. Not by blessing, 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 blessing. By working, 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 working. So I'm, I'm sharing with you. you know? I know things are different in other places. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But I'm showing you what is working here. That as you work for the Lord, God will take care of you. He will not even pray for it. He will answer your prayers and your problems will evaporate. Yes, it will, they will be killed. By the Lord. The Lord will wipe out. He will send angels. Because your value you will be increased. Even when you become a candidate. A candidate. Not even the president. A presidential candidate. You are given security. Yeah. As soon as you become a candidate. You are given security. Not a president. You are a candidate. That's why it's dangerous to, to go forward and come back. Very dangerous. You go forward and you are a candidate, you are a president, you come back. Because you are still, you, you, are, you are dangerous, you've done bad things, or you've done certain things, and then now you come out of that security cordon. And you have made yourself like an ordinary person. So those of you who have retired from pastoral work, be careful that you have not retired into your coffins. Number 11, to be on a mission is to have an objective. To be on, number 12, to be on, on a mission is to have an aim. Wow. To be on a mission is to have a goal. If you say someone is on a mission, number 13 is to be assigned to a specific duty. Number 14, if you say someone is on a mission, it means he has a task or duty that he believes he must achieve. Number 15, if you say someone is on a mission, it means a person or something has been committed to his care. Amen. Hallelujah. Something has been committed to our care. Amen. What has been committed to our care? Souls. Amen? Amen. 
What has been committed to our care? Souls. Amen. How many are ready to do something for Jesus? When something has been given to you, committed to your care, and you don't do it. You don't do it. What a shame. Huh? Supposing somebody has been given to you to look after, and you don't look after the person. One day I was under the care of a security guard. And the security guard, I looked back. He was standing. He was standing. But he was asleep. I know giraffes don't never lie down. And many animals sleep on their feet. Like horses and so on. You know? But I never knew that human security guards also can sleep on their feet. So ladies and gentlemen, God has committed to us the souls in America. America is made up of a whole lot of people. A whole lot of people don't know Jesus. A whole lot of people, at least are your color, from different countries. Our church is an international church. Amen. It's not allowed to speak any non-English language in a church service. If you do, if you do, unless it's that language, that service, like it's a tree church. But other than that, as every time you speak tree or ga or any Swahili or any language that we don't all understand, you are saying, "Go away, all." Non, whatever language you are from. Okay? Go away. So do not, when you are in church, do not, after church, do not speak English. It will improve your English anyway. And your few slangs that you have. Are you listening? What do you think? Where's Josette? Where's Josette? Where's Josette? Downstairs. What is downstairs? Saved. What is saved? How old is saved? Why saved? Okay. Amen. What are we talking about? Souls. Amen. God has given something to our hands for us to do. Amen. Are you listening? Are you ready to take into your hands the care? The care. God has is, God is put all the people. They are Kenyans. Zimbabweans. You see, everybody wants to come to America. Everybody. How many people here from Ghana? How many from non-Ghana? You're not from Ghana? Plenty. Which country? Which country? Liberia. Every Liberian wants to come to America. Which country? Jamaica. Every Jamaican wants to come to America. True or not true? True. Where else? Nigeria. Every Nigerian wants to come to 
Look, if you give them visas, the country will be empty. The population will change from 150 million to 1 million. I'm telling you. Which other country? Gambia. Every Gambian wants to come to America. And you see, when somebody wants to come, he comes. So people are coming. So there are embassies that every day they give visas. They know what they are doing. They know what they are doing. They know you will not come back. Who else? Kenya. Which other country? Albania. Every Albanian wants to come to. So we have a lot of people to minister to. Amen. And we must do what has been given to us to do. Hallelujah. And you must do when it's your turn. Amen. Everybody in the church is around the age of the pastor a few years younger. You see, that's how it is. So it's like you can always minister best to your age group and a few years younger. That's how it is. So if you are 25, you're going to be ministering to 25 and somewhere a little 20, 21, 19, 17. That's how it is. And as you get older, you stay with the older people. Because I'm sure I'm looking older than I used to look. Am I looking older? Some small gray hairs. You can't see some gray hairs. Huh? So, we got to heed the call that Jesus is giving to us. Because we are going to have to do this great work that he's given us to do. And it's for your age group. When you are gone, you will see a time will come when you, you will think you are young. But some people will come and say you are old. My children, they say I'm old. Yeah? My children say I'm old. No, you are old. You and mommy are old. This what they say. You and mommy are old. I tell you, a young person like me, I speak about myself. I will not say anything to them. Just because we don't know how to use the iPod and the iPad and all those things the way they... But we are learning. We were born before technology, but we are catching up. We have caught up. Amen. Are you listening? Are you listening? It's our duty. It's being committed to us. Amen. And when I get to heaven, I don't want to hear bad things. You, I gave all these people to you. I told you. I said this. Go tell the people. You said you were tired. You came to America once, twice. After the thrill of it was gone, you didn't want to come again. That's why I came here. I'm telling you. I don't just go. I pray a lot about places I'm going to go. It's so much time. I'm telling you. My time is like this. It's fitted exactly. From here to here to here to here to here, exactly finished like that. When I get to straight first day homecoming, by the time I finish going to where I'm going, yeah, and I've started already moving. I've already been to some number of countries. It's not easy for me, but I can't say, "Oh, stop!" No, it's 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 it's, it's being committed. You can't stand and sleep when you when it's your work. Amen. Amen. Are you listening? How many numbers do you have? Sixteen. Ah, Seventeen. 
To be on a mission means you have been given a special assignment. You are on special assignment. Special assignment. Amen? Number 18. To be on a mission means you've been asked to execute an operation that is assigned by a higher headquarters. Amen. Hmm. Number 19. If you say someone is on a mission, he has an obligation to fulfill his responsibilities. Amen. And if you say someone is on a mission, it means he has a special urge. Special urge to a particular calling. Amen. Okay? When the Spirit tries to move you, heed the call. When the enemy tries to confuse you, you've got to build a holy wall. For the good Lord is watching to see if we are listening to His Word. And there is no one more disappointed when we act like we haven't heard. You've got to hit the call, brother. You've got to hit the call, sister. Everybody, whatever, hit the call. Oh, yeah. You've got to hit the call, brother.
This message continues on the next track. Keep listening. 